Welcome to Pro Life in 7 Minutes, the show where I spend over 20 minutes teaching you how you can persuade a pro choice person in only 7. I'm your host, Katherine Burrow. I'm the co founder and executive director of the Abortion Dialogue Academy, also known as ADA. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. So, today's episode is going to be on human cells and aliens. So, last week's episode was on common objections that you get in the personhood part of our seven minute argument. Today's episode is on common objections that come up in the pro life case part of our seven minute argument. So if you haven't listened to season one yet and you haven't actually learned the seven minute argument, I'm gonna encourage you to go back and listen to that season first before you listen to this episode. So we're gonna start by talking about the human cells confusion or objection. Sometimes when you get to the pro-life case and you say to the pro-choice person that the only way we can give personhood rights to adults and newborns but not animals is to base our personhood on what we are rather than what we can do. And what we are is biologically human. And then you show them that the fetus is also biologically human, as established by the scientific community. Sometimes the purchase person will object and they'll say, okay, but like skin cells are human. My kidney is human. Cancer even is human. Are you saying that it should be illegal to, you know, kill skin cells or get a cancerous tumor removed because it has human cells in it? And that would be killing a human? Now, fun fact about this argument. When I was in college, I decided to take a ethics class and the professor of my ethics class started the semester on the abortion topic because it was an election year. And in her own words, she wanted to make sure that all of us voted pro-choice, which is why even though abortion was typically covered in the middle of the semester, she made it the first thing we talked about and also made it the midterm. (sighs) Talk about that (laughs) collegiate bias. Anyway, so the midterm essay was a article where essentially the author was saying that the pro-life view was absurd because by the pro-life position, eggs and sperm would be considered human people and it therefore would be illegal for people to masturbate or have their periods. And how absurd was this crazy position that pro-life people held? So I wrote my paper contradicting what was said, obviously. And it was so funny. It's like when I read the prompt, there was something in my gut that was like, this isn't right. I wrote the paper to the best of my abilities. I think I honestly tried to to do too much for the limited time that I had in the limited space. And I got a C minus on that paper. (laughs) Now, I sat in front of a girl who had gotten an A on the paper. And so I was really curious, you know, what is an A paper in this class? Like, what did you write? And she was like, yeah, I pretty much just agreed with the author that the pro-life position is stupid. And I got a perfect score. So I went and talked to the TA about it. He was not the brightest bulb. And I ultimately actually sent that paper to Trent Horn. And I was just to get like a second opinion on, you know, how much bias was weighing in on my grade. He was funny. He was like, eh, this is a B paper. And so I was like, okay, well, if it's just a B, I'm not really going to fight it. I'll just let it go. I ended up being fine overall. The final was on a different topic. So I was able to give the correct political answer, so to speak, uh, without feeling like I was compromising my actual beliefs. And so that rounded me up to getting a B in the class overall which in retrospect was a weird blessing because in high school, I had been like a 4.0 perfect student, perfect GPA. And my freshman year of college, my first semester getting a B meant that a 4.0 was just not a possibility for me. And that took a lot of pressure 
off of college. So it's funny how at the time that class was just like (laughs) the bane of my existence. Uh, But it really did make my whole college experience probably better overall. Uh, But I thought about that paper all the time and like how I could have better responded to it. And it was actually funny. Several years later, I realized the reason that the argument had just rubbed me so the wrong way. And the reason is, is because it was a straw man of what the pro-life position is. And so if you're not familiar with philosophy, what a straw man is, is essentially where you take someone's argument and instead of fighting like the actual argument, like the man, you make like a weakened straw version of it. So that's where the term comes from. It's like instead of fighting the real thing that the person believes, you make a watered down version that's like absurd. So it's easier to knock over. And I bring up this term because I think it's really important that as pro-life people, we don't do this to the pro-choice side. Because I, in my gut, when I read a straw man of the pro-life position, I knew that it wasn't quite right. And yeah, it took me a while to put my finger on it. But obviously, it was not persuasive because it wasn't actually addressing why I'm pro-life. In a similar way, if we do that to pro-choice people, yeah, in the moment, they might be stumped and flustered and like, that's not quite it. That's not quite what I believe. And so that's why it's important that we try and represent their view accurately because you're not going to be able to persuade them if you're not addressing the real thing that they believe. So when we as pro-lifers say that humans deserve a legal right to life, the way that we're defining human is a living, whole human organism of the species Homo sapiens. Now, what's happening when a pro-choice person brings up things like skin cells, cancer, sperm, egg, and kidneys is that they are confusing a part of an organism with a whole organism. They're confusing skin cells, parts of male and female bodies, with a whole complete body, a whole human person, like the adult, the newborn, and the unborn. And that's exactly what that author was doing in that essay. She was confusing parts of humans with a whole human because no one thinks that it should be illegal to, you know, remove parts of a human, you know, with their consent, obviously. Like sometimes people need to get a limb amputated. Sometimes people need to get tumors removed. Sometimes people get cavities taken out. And yes, all of those things have human cells in it, but they're not the whole human person. And, you know, so doctors having to cut off someone's arm and kill it, so to speak, is very different than someone killing that whole person that that arm was once attached to. And that's what we're saying as pro-lifers. We're saying is that, yeah, the fetus is not a part of a human. It's not a part of male and female organism like sperm and egg. When sperm and egg come together, a new genetically distinct human organism is formed, is created, and it is a whole human person, even in those very early moments. So responding to a human cell's confusion is rather simple. You just need to clarify what we mean, what the pro-life position actually is. So we teach students to use our human cells clarification step. What you say is the following. You say, What I mean when I say biologically human is a living, whole human organism. So while blank are living human cells, they are not a whole human organism like the adult, the newborn, and as the embryology quotes state here, the fetus. And then you'll reread to the pro-choice person the embryology quotes on the back of the outreach card. Now, we intentionally have a blank in this step so you can insert in the example that the pro-choice person gave you when they were making this objection. So in the case of my paper, I would say, you know, what I mean when I say biologically human is a living whole human organism. So while sperm and egg are living human cells, they're not a whole human organism like the adult, the newborn, and as these embryology quotes state here, the fetus. 
Next, we're going to talk about aliens, or in other words, non-human persons. So very, 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 very rarely, you will get a pro-choice person who will take issue with us defining personhood based on biological humanity because they'll argue that that doesn't give personhood rights to non-human persons like Spock from Star Trek or some other hypothetical alien race that is humanoid and has human intellect and morality but is not biologically human. Now, the reason this doesn't come up very often is because Spock is a fictional character, and we don't typically make laws based on science fiction concepts. But the response to this is very easy, so I'm going to teach it to you anyway. You simply change our criteria from biologically human to member of a rational species. Because this is what Spock and humans typically have in common. It's typically that they're a member of a species that has the capacity for reason, morality, and rationality. Now, it's that they're a part of the species that's important, not that they currently possess it. Because a lot of times, newborns, the youngest members of the species, don't have these abilities, but are considered people and protected by nature of them being a part of the species as a whole, which is what the fetus essentially falls into. It is the youngest member of the species, the species with the capacity for rational thinking. That's a really easy workaround that allows you to just agree with the pro-choice person that Spock's a person and still give a criteria that explains why adults, newborns, and the fetus deserve a right to life, but animals do not. So that concludes today's episode. I've created a workbook page that covers both of these topics. So if you're on our email list, you should have already gotten that email to you. If you're not on our email list, but you would like to get the free resources from the show, you can sign up at www.abortiondialogueacademy.org slash podcast or by clicking the link in the show notes below. Next week's episode is going to be on human plus arguments, which is essentially where the purchase person tries to combine a bunch of different definitions of personhood together so that they can create a definition that gives a legal right to life to the adult and the newborn, but not the fetus. We're going to talk about that next week. So tune in then if you want to learn more. If you liked today's episode, you can help support the channel by leaving us a five-star review. Make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, sign up for our podcast email list on our website. That's www.abortiondialogueacademy.org slash podcast. That way you get all the training exercises from the show delivered right to your inbox. Now I will see all of you next Saturday as I continue to teach you how you can persuade someone to be pro-life in seven minutes. Until next week, God bless.